criterion creeps are coming with Jared and RJ from Renoir to Kurosawa and everything along the way highbrow lowbrow they won't stop until the This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. My name is RJ. We're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. Uh, this week, we're uh, fucking messing with the devil as we watch Spine 134 <clears throat> in the Criterion Collection, Benjamin Christensen's Hoxon from 1922. But first, RJ, mm. how are things? Is that really how you say Haxon? Is Hoxon? Hoxon. Hoxon. Oh, Hoxon. Uh, you know, Jer, I'm okay. I'm o- I'm feeling a little busy. Feeling a little busy. Got some stuff going on. I think things aren't as easy as you thought they'd be. Not, no, not, not, I, not I a never. Cakewalk. I n- I don't think I thought that. I just uh, it's more time consuming than I thought it would be. Organizing with all these groups and such and such takes a lot of my time, Jer. But the real reason I'm busy is because uh, I'm going to Colorado on the weekend. So uh, I was doing double time, trying to get things organized before I go so that some stuff is done when I get back. But it'll be busy when I get back, too. So that'll seem Anyways, very responsible. I was trying to be. The only the only problem was there was a bunch of stuff I couldn't do ahead of time because it's it's not assigned yet. Like I can see that it will be assigned for when I get back, but I don't have the actual thing yet. So it's like, oh, I can't do this until after. So why did you decide to drive to Colorado and not fly? The the short answer, cost. Ah. Uh. Uh, because you can't fly directly to Fort Collins. You, uh, you fly to Denver and then you have to rent a car. Mm. And then when you have a rental car for a couple days and then you drive back and forth and all that hullabaloo, I think it was going to be like, I, I did look at it. I think it was like a thousand dollars extra to fly. Ooh. So with the convenience, like I know driving is like twice as long, but, uh, more than twice as long, but I guess it has a few comforts that you can't get when you're like pressed on that hard schedule of like flights and departures and landings and such and such. I see. I see. Plus, uh, Andrea told me I had to drive. Yeah, she wanted to do it. Um, she's never done it before. I've done it many times. The last time I did it, I think I said I would never ever do it again. <laughs> I did it. I did it in the winter with some friends, and we almost. Aww. Like legitimately almost died like four or five times and it was horrible. It was the worst like four or five days of my life. And now you get to do it all over again. Yeah, now and we get to do it again. And your body's older, so those those <laughs> car rides are even worse. Yeah, not as limber. I will be driving the entirety of it as well. Where in that last one, there was at least some uh, subs I could call upon for a while, but uh, I'm looking at a good 30 hours of driving in the the next four days. Uh, you're welcome to borrow my copies of DDP uh, DDP Yoga. 
and uh, get, make, oh. keep yourself limber, work on your back, you know, yep. so you don't uh, come back completely hobbled. Actually, I'll probably be after 30 hours driving. I'll probably be in the shape of some of the uh, the people that Diamond Dallas Page works on in those yogas. Yeah. Then you'll really you know, need it. 30 hours of driving is equivalent to 30 years of like uh, off the high ropes onto like concrete, right? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty close. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll it'll be fine. We uh, I don't know. At least the right now the weather isn't bad clear roads so fingers crossed buddy mm-hmm. fingers crossed uh i will uh i'll chronicle a little bit of it uh for the creeps insta uh, i'm going to my favorite place in the world big city burrito so uh, i'll fill you in about that uh next week maybe because i don't think i'll have a lot of creeps next week so i can regale you with my tales <laughs> of adventure <laughs> regale are you gonna are you gonna have wi-fi or are you just going to leave all your shit here uh, no, I think I need to. I think I got to take my computer because uh, just in case uh, some of this group work comes up, mm. I can be made available for a little right. while. Although I did, they, the people I'm I'm in current groups with, I informed them about this and I told them how I would compensate with extra work uh, that I would get in before and they were all cool with that. So, you know. You know what I mean? What was I talking about? Oh yeah, so I just I think I need it just in case I uh okay. have to do anything urgent. What about you, dude? What are you doing? Uh home inspector thing. I have a home inspector looking at a house for me this week. Uh what do you think he's gonna find? Like like bugs and stuff? Uh some rodents, some mold, the usual. It's about, yeah. it's, more, it's more about finding out how little or how much is in there. And just making a decision whether or not is do I want to buy mold in mice? It would be pretty funny if uh, when you went in there, every toilet had stuff in it, and you could have been like, "What is this?" And then they knock off like ten grand, right? Yeah, just oh, there's something in the toilet. That's ten thousand dollars, please. If uh, you want, I, I did. Don't don't record this. I'll go take care of this, and then I'll help you out, buddy. And then I'll uh, act like it never happened. Just scrub the scene for me, okay? Okay. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to, uh, the home inspector on the phone. He asked if I had any concerns and, uh, I kind of mentioned mice in passing and he was like, oh yeah, it's one time, uh, I was looking at a house and we use infrared, uh, kind of readers to pick up on it. And there's this, there's this, there's this massive heat in the wall. I'm like, what the hell is that? So he knocked on the wall and it started to scurry around and Mm -hmm. there was like 20 odd mice just living in the wall. And it's like, well, that's, 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 that's someone's problem not yours yeah. it's nothing to worry about for a few reasons a they'll leave you alone if you leave them alone b they're super friendly and they're pretty cute you might learn to love them and c it'll give uh, your cat warlock something to do uh in this new house while he's getting used to it yeah uh he'll have something to like keep him busy and you know like a job you know you know like old retired guys you give them like a part-time job to keep them busy it'd be like that yeah, for warlock. like busting tables at wendy's so you're not you're in the home inspection phase so you're not an official homeowner yet so mm-hmm. uh we can uh delay that uh congratulations yeah. and welcome to mm-hmm. your new life of being in debt in debt forever in, so in stress in debt in misery yeah you should do what i do and uh, just live wherever you're allowed to stay for a couple hours yeah like this pizza hut that i'm currently in <laughs> wow Remember when I used to talk about that all the time? Yeah, those were the good No wonder old days. we didn't get any listeners at the start. Those were the good old days. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. 
Well, I, RJ, I'm interesting as someone. What? Uh, we got no. We have no listener feedback this week. Wow. Oh, hey, you know what? I ha- I saw some listener feedback uh, on the YouTube oh. on our episode for the shop on Main Street. There was this weird uh, cursive uh, writing on there, and I was like, "What is that?" So I plunked her into Google. It was Hebrew, and you know what they said? What did they have to say? I think it was a good show. Too bad, so few subs. And I was like, yeah, this uh, Hebrew guy, he gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's uh, that's listener feedback. Well, then one day maybe we'll be big in, in Israel or something, and then uh, we too can be accused of like being like against Palestine or something. Well, we've already conquered Southern Africa with uh, mm-hmm. with our fans and our, um, you know, those folks so it's only natural to southern africa yeah you know southern africa well we can skip the middle because uh you don't want to go in the congo Jarrett. that's where those white apes are those white gorillas oh yeah that do sign language they'll fuck you up man so we'll just skip the middle we'll go right up to the north and uh we'll conquer uh the hebrews okay i uh did you ever watch prince of egypt no I talked about it a lot. You never watched that movie? No, I did not watch it, and you did talk about it. It's a good show. Yeah. You should watch that one year. Yeah. Uh, hey, RJ. <laughs> what? What, what, what you been creeping on lately? Not much. Oh. Uh, I, I just have some light creeping for you this week, big dog. And, uh, you know, next weekend will be light, too. But maybe people will appreciate these shorter episodes. We can see how they compare to <laughs> our normal ramblings of... Uh, <laughs> this brevity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one word for it. So uh, the one thing I'll share with you, because uh, I only actually watched one movie, but uh, I did. Uh, we finished Castle Rock, the Stephen King show. Mm. Uh, so I mentioned it before. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Um, you thought it was great? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, the other TV shows I've recommended to you, like uh, Atlanta and The Terror. It's not as good as those shows. Okay. But uh, I don't know. I'm a fan of Stephen King, so I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it it definitely is a better like uh, me- medium for his kinds of stories. Like it's got room to breathe. I think it was ten episodes, so it kind of fits better with the way he he writes stuff. Where a lot of problems with movies are, they try to jam all of his verbose uh, like writing into a two hour thing. So. No, I don't know. I thought I, I I liked it quite a bit. I think the um, the tipping point where I was like, because at the start I was like, yeah, this is good. I like it. And then I think the tipping point was uh, I've heard other people talk about it too. But there's one episode where it's like um, their depiction of uh, mental health with like Alzheimer's and dementia, and they do a really cool, unique like uh, way to show what that would be like for that person. It's got a lot of non-linear uh, <laughs> uh, storytelling, and it's uh, it messes around chronologically. Uh, so uh, you can tell I'm a fan of that. But no, that that episode was really good. It's, it's all about Sissy Spacek, and then uh, yeah, it ended. Um, it doesn't tie up all the loose ends, but you know, I don't. I I enjoyed it. Is there supposed to be more? Uh, I believe there will be a season two, but I believe they are trying to take that anthology approach. And it'll be a different, a different story with different people. Just like that's all, the, that's, that's, that's all the rage. Even though these shows don't do great, like uh, American Horror Story and Channel mm-hmm. Zero. Yep, I think that's what they're gonna do. And it looks like they're setting up uh, 
um, maybe a tie-in with um, that Doctor Sleep, the the Shining sequel. Yeah. Because that movie will come out next year, and even though that's like, I think that's a Netflix thing, that movie, or maybe it's just an actual company. And Castle Rock is Hulu. They they have this big setup where there's like um, one of the characters in Castle Rock, Jane Levy. She is uh, the niece of uh, old Jackie Torrance from The Shining, and okay. uh, just in passing, you you hear that, and then like it kind of it seems. It seems like they're setting that up that she'll either be the focus of next season or the overlook or I don't know something to do with all that. Know what I mean, Jarrett? I, I know I, what I mean, Burn. I know what you mean. Uh, so anyway, well, I don't know. I like Castle Rock, but uh, for you, because I think you would like that one episode quite a bit. But it, I don't think it has the weight if you don't have all the context for what goes up to it. So I would recommend you watch it. But I think you should definitely watch those other better shows that uh, me and other fans of Friends of the Show have suggested to you. Like Atlanta and The Terror. Just do it. Go on. So I watched one movie, Jarrett. Yeah. And yeah. you might be wondering why I watched this movie. Oh, I know why. Could, could you figure out the connection? Yeah, I, I got it. You know. So when as, I... As it still doesn't mean I don't ask why... So I watched Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, and the reason I watched this was uh, just kind of, I stumbled upon this connection, because I went to Letterboxd, and I searched Haxon, and the first result was for the Criterion movie, and the second result was for uh, Haxon Films, which is like the production company, I believe, and I was like, what is that? And then I realized, oh, that's Eduardo Sanchez's. Uh, production company the guy who made Blair Witch and I was like oh cool I was like what's what is uh, all under that banner I was like Blair Witch 2 I've never seen that Uh, it's written by Eduardo Sanchez and his writing pal and it is directed by your close personal friend director of the Paradise Lost uh, documentary series Joe Berlinger oh Gil Joe old joe berlinger he also did uh he's done a bunch of like metallica documentaries for some reason anyway so uh have you ever seen book of shadows blair witch 2 Jarrett? well as i mentioned to you uh the other day uh i got about 10 minutes into this a few years ago for the very first Mm -hmm. time because you know i like watching those horror movies and uh 10 minutes was good enough for me you couldn't make it past that no, I, I hated it. I hated That's the, surprising because the first 10 minutes is probably like where the movie's best. <laughs> oh, see? Well, that's good then. Because um, like the first 10 minutes is like all these like accounts of other people building up this like uh, this sense of like something about the town. Like what is it? Burkittsville or, or something. And they're talking about Blair Witch, the movie itself. Uh, so this movie, Jared. Uh, I could only describe this like while I was watching it. I was like, man, what a profound, like introspective look into fanboy culture. Because the, the basis of this movie is that the Blair Witch movie, uh, the, like the original one, it came out and like it actually did. It created all this buzz and all these like people who thought it was real because uh, that was the one big mark of that movie is it did a good job tricking people to think it was actually like this real thing. And then it was talking about how there was this huge, like, uh, flood of people and fans into Burkittsville. Is that a real place, or did they just make that up for this? 
I don't recall off the top of my head. Okay, well, it doesn't matter either way, whether it's real or not. Uh, the way this movie starts out is it's like all these accounts from people who do live in the town and how they're like, uh, they build on the mythology of the Blair Witch, but then they also talk about how the movie has brought all these new people in and they don't really like it. Uh, and then you're introduced to these people. Uh, you have one guy who's a big eBayer, and he lets you know that he's big on the eBay scene. He sells Blair Witch uh, paraphernalia, and he's running tours uh, of the woods where the Blair Witch uh, first movie was done. And he signs up people for his first tour. Uh, it consists of two academics, uh, a married couple who are doing research of some sort uh for some kind of thesis about the blair witch uh like mythology and something about how belief in it makes it real whether it was real or not so see this is where this this deep profound stuff comes from uh and then you have a wiccan lady and then you have uh not a wiccan but like a goth girl because the wiccan girl makes like big a big point about how she's not goth and not a witch she's wiccan you know everyone knows one of those um so they all go to the woods together and they're they're filming it as they go and they pass other tour groups in the woods and their plan is to stay up all night but they fall asleep or they all pass out and then they wake up in the morning and weird stuff is going on uh shredded paper is falling from the sky Jarrett. it's very aesthetic um <laughs> aesthetically pleasing uh you get woken up by one of the girls uh who the lady um academic she's pregnant at the time that they go out into the woods which seems like a bad idea and then you get this there's a lot of like dream sequences in this you get this dream sequence where she takes a baby out to the river and drowns it and then when she wakes up she has a miscarriage so there's like there's this really weird like heavy push about dead babies in this movie for some reason and i guess it's because the idea of the early blair witch stuff is that dude who killed kids i don't know but it's in this movie like a lot and it's actually it that's actually probably some of the best parts of this not the dead baby stuff but uh there's like this imagery with kids where it's old time kids like 1600s and they're all they're always like walking backwards and it's like oh yeah that's cool some of these dream sequence things, that, that's not bad. Um, so what happens is they wake up, lady miscarries, and then they all go to this dude's like hideout, and they're trying to piece together what happened to him while they're gone. And then they all start to, they have like this shared, uh, they all have these shared dreams where they see like all this bad stuff going on. And then they all have their own dream sequences where they're seeing all this bad stuff going on. Uh, and it kind of builds off of that. So, Jarrett, that's what Blair Witch 2 is about. And uh, so I actually think it's not a bad idea for a sequel to this stuff. Uh, like in the sense where they're looking at this culture of people or this culture that was created by all of these people who were obsessed with it. I was like, that's kind of neat because it seems like that's that is what happened. Uh, but they make a lot of mistakes I think in the actual execution of this movie, I think one of the big problems, and I guess this is like, it's a catch 22 because you either, you either do it exactly how it was before found footage, or you do it like this movie, which is, it's an actual movie, but the found footage is an element of what they're doing. Like it's their found footage movie. 
So I think no matter which way you went, people would have probably have been like, oh, maybe it should have went the other way. So I think there's that where it's like, I don't, I'm not sure which one way they should have went. But um, what was I talking about here? Fuck. I don't know. There's lots of dead babies. There's goth people. Uh, lots of jump scary stuff. Uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know. There's, there's actually some cool imagery in this thing. But uh, a lot of this is pretty dumpy. It's it's pretty dumpy, Jarrett. Like it's the kind of stuff you would expect in a like a straight to video, uh, illegal sequel to something like this. So there's a lot of that, and that's too bad. Um, there's like small town bumpkin folk, which uh, are pretty fun. Like the sheriff, he's got like a big mu- a handlebar mustache. You recognize him from like all sorts of shit, but you might recognize him from all sorts of shit. But I can't. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what his name is right uh anyways what was i gonna say oh it's got uh, a twist ending Jarrett. what no movie yeah a, a movie from like a horror movie from 2000 with a twist ending <laughs> it's got it's got a twist ending buddy which i i bet you could maybe see coming a little bit of the way in because they do show you the end of this movie at the start of it so they do that thing where they show you like some of the the end of it and then they jump back like five days and then they start to show you it from there. So they do that thing, which isn't nonlinear storytelling in my book, but uh, a device to trick you into being interested to be like, ooh, how does it get to this crazy point? I wonder. But anyways, mm-hmm. I'm not uh, I don't feel bad that I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I can say I have seen the sequel. It's not. Like it's not good, but uh, did, you know uh, I was it tripled its budget. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got a couple cool cool moments. It's just on the whole, it's kind of almost exactly what you would expect it to be. If so, that makes sense. So I'm just reading the plot here on Wikipedia. So yeah. I, I I didn't get past the first sentence and a half because mm-hmm. uh, I remember like the uh, the documentary footage stuff of the fans and tourists of the Blair Witch Project post the movie coming out and I remember the thing with local resident Jeff a former psychiatric patient and obsessed fan because I remember there's like this like real edgelord editing and footage of him mm-hmm. like in an insane asylum with lots of rapid fire cutting and so yeah that immediately turned me off of this movie and I just yeah. said nope well see that's kind of like what I was saying though because that's also like I think you could take that as the end of the movie because he has flashbacks to it, but it's also right. kind of where it leads at the end. Spoiler alert, the people at the end of this are not the same as they were at the start, and they're a little unhinged. What? Yeah, they're, they're not the same, man. There's a lot of talk of, we brought something back with us from the woods, uh, things like that, and uh, naked people dancing. Huh. Uh, I do like the witch like lore, though. Like Some of that stuff, I think, is kind of cool. Where uh, it, t- it ties into hacks on where they're like where witches touch you and stuff like that. You get these marks. I was like, ooh, that's kind of neat. It's kind of neat here. Anyways, yeah. I don't feel bad for watching it. Um, I can say that I have. I can't recommend it to other people. No. But uh, yeah. having seen it now, uh, I'm ready for that big shit sandwich from uh, Adam Wingard. Just Blair, that, Blair Witch. Just Blair Witch. That guy sucks so bad. <laughs> Um, you know what I mean? He's uneven. No, no, he sucks real bad. Well, 
So anyways, uh, that's Blair Witch 2. Uh, I bet you never thought I would give a full 15 minutes attention to Blair Witch 2. No one, but, no one, uh, no one who uh, started this podcast thought that either. Uh, here we are. I'm just reading the uh, history of it. Cause it I remember when uh, that Blair Witch Project came out. That, that mm-hmm. movie's The Bee's Knees, uh, I'm sure I've mentioned before. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so Artisan uh, was eager to produce a sequel while the film's popularity was still at its peak. However, yep. Haxon Films, who created the original film, was not ready to begin work on a follow-up, preferring to wait until the initial buzz had died down. In December 99, mm-hmm. Artisan decided to proceed without them, hiring Joe Berlinger, <laughs> who had previously and subsequently only done true documentaries to direct. Uh, Blair Witch directors uh, Myrick and Sanchez served as executive producers on the film, but later stated they had little influence on production and were unsatisfied with the finished film. Hmm. There you go. That's too bad for these bad boys. Yeah. Yeah, I think they should have stuck with what they were doing. Like they have all those like little documentary shorts, like uh, that Burkittsville Seven. Yeah. And then I think there's one called like Curse of the Blair Witch or Shadow of the Blair Witch or some something like that, where they're like half an hour little little like YouTube videos. Pretty much. I think that's probably uh, would have been a better way to go. But uh, you know, what are you gonna do? Should I watch that uh, shit Adam Wingard movie? Yes. Yeah, maybe I'll do it this Cryptober. Do you have it? No. Who would buy that thing? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Adam Wingard sucks. So, RJ, I've so, got two movies for you. Two? Yeah. When did you start watching movies? Again? I know. Because I had uh, a night off to like watch stuff. It was, well, uh, lay it on me, big dog. Well, one's a shorty. Uh, recommended to me by a friend of mine, Trevor. And mm-hmm. uh, we were just on the topic of music and kind of uh, influence of like D&D and fantasy stuff on music. And mm-hmm. uh, out of nowhere, he kind of just mentioned like we are both, we have this kind of indifference toward like the metal genre for the most part. Um, that sure. we like the idea of metal music more than we actually like listening to it. Oh, and you're so, those guys. Yeah. We're, I, I, speaking for myself, I definitely am one of those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like actually talk. I, I like metalheads. I like talking with metalheads about things that aren't metal. Um, mm-hmm. I love the aesthetics. I love the design of like metal stuff. But when it comes to the music, <laughs> it's a short list of things I actually enjoy. Uh, most yeah, of it is there's just, good stuff out there. Yeah, there's a little. You find it. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's also it's it's that metal sound, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you can only listen to Gorgoroth so many times. <laughs> hey, I can listen to that any day of the week, buddy. Oh yeah. I don't know what your deal is. When you rotate it out with your Tupac. Yeah, I do like Tupac. Yeah. Tupac's in Blair Witch too. Uh, yeah. No. I'll take your word for it. It does have some pretty uh, electronic grind type of music. So, so uh, that led me to yep. watching this little Vice documentary called One Man Metal, mm-hmm. following around this big old hairy metal dude, finding these uh, one man acts who make mm-hmm. all their own metal like in their house. Uh, they like they do their own drums and guitars and they do their own vocals and they just release these albums but they're like, not part of the whole performative aspect of it where like they're going out there and doing shows because mm-hmm. I, I don't know there's something about like a the metal act as being like this like three four man performance and uh, mm-hmm. these guys are just doing it on their own and you're kind of getting to the fact that these guys are all fucked up and they don't want to leave their houses and they're kind of shut-ins um, 
one particularly crazy little scene is uh, this like unassuming bald man living in Oakland, California, I think, uh, very soft spokenly talking about how his, <laughs> his drum set works. And they start talking about the scream and how some guys do like they have various types of screams and how mm-hmm. hard it actually is to do a scream properly. Um, and this guy just kind of like, oh, come on, do one, do one. He's like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, he doesn't really want to do it. And then he just fucking like tears out this like horrifying like metal scream that's just like, oh. It's like I don't even know how one does that without like really messing up your throat. But they do it all the time. Did it inspire you? No. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this thing's like I think it's like on three parts on the uh, the YouTube um, if you're interested in metal, maybe this would be of interest to you. And if you're not, mm-hmm. you're not going to watch it anyway, at, ever in your life. But, um, I don't know. It's fine. It's just like fucked up white guys, uh, <laughs> talking about how they got to where they were. Um, and I don't know. There's not much to be learned here other than these, yeah, like I said, damaged guys, just making music in their house. I find that interesting. I find that appealing uh, as a person mm-hmm. that like doesn't do music in any way. I don't have a musical bone in my body, mm-hmm. but uh, I admire it. Uh, so I followed this up with the hotness of the weekend, uh, a little film from uh, our friend uh, Panos Cosmatos. Oh, no. Director of uh, whatever it was, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Is that it? A movie that you and I both have strong opinions of that, are that aren't necessarily reciprocated. Yeah. Well, yeah. neither of us like that movie, right? Yeah, lot, that movie sucks lot, hard. A lot of people like that movie, it seems, or yeah. seemingly say they like it a lot. Yeah. Well, th- so he, he made a follow-up here, finally. A little film called Mandy. Mm. You might have noticed a whole bunch of people in Letterboxd watching it. It hit VOD on Friday. Um, I mm-hmm. saw some people like kind of like bitching about it, being like, "This is no way to watch this movie. You need to be watching it in theater." And to that, oh. I go, "Fuck off, people in Los Angeles!" Because guess what? The vast majority of the planet doesn't live in Los Angeles or near a theater mm-hmm. that's going to show fucking Mandy. Um, so, yeah. in, in, instead of like being cut out of the conversation that's everyone that everyone mm-hmm. else it's cool gets to have, I get to watch it too and get to find out that hey, this movie is an overhyped piece of shit. Um, so yeah, you you know what so i on my letterbox my personal letterbox uh i had a bunch of people watch this thing oh yeah and i think 80 percent of them were negative and then 20 percent were like five stars which really my, mine's the flip side of that oh everyone was loving it on it, yours yeah it's like 80 positive 20 negative mm. yeah i thought it was weird for me but uh also on Letterbox, that Beyond the Black Rainbow, everyone I know loves that thing, and that thing's a huge piece of shit. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So, Mandy, it stars Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got once again, uh, it's got a lot of these things in it that I should love and I should like, but there is something about how these th- movies he puts together are made that mm-hmm. just does not work for me at all. I saw a really good tweet that I will uh, <laughs> quote uh, referring to Mandy as being hobo with a uh, one perfect shot gun mm-hmm. <laughs> in reference to the uh, very famous uh, Twitter uh, one perfect shot uh, referencing how this movie uh... is just like very pretty. And, hey, you know, but, it, but it's just like a 
dumb. It's just like nothing. There's mm-hmm. nothing to this movie other than, hey, look at that shot. Hey, you know what? I don't like that one perfect shot thing. Those guys are horse shit. Yeah, I think they, did they, didn't they personally spur you, which of course leads to you having a personal grudge against most things? Uh, I They did, but it was... Uh, no, it wasn't against me. I just thought they were really shitty because I remember one time my friend, a uh, friend of the show, tweeted like a one perfect shot to them. I think it was like from Monster Squad. And then they just took it and then they did it like a day later or something like that but they never gave him credit i was like oh that's how this account works but then they also like all they do is i followed them a couple years ago and then they get to the point where all they do is like clickbait stuff there was one thing that really fucking pissed me off it was some was it the venom one no it was something because i stopped following them years ago it was something about the alien franchise and uh i was like what a like what a fucking loser this guy is who runs this this thing so i can't remember what it was but it was something really dumb where i was like these people suck anyways so you're saying this movie's like those shitty people hey well it's it's got that type of aesthetic chewy like it's like how everything in this movie wants to look it wants to like be like Mm -hmm. look at this shot is don't you just like amazed by this shot but you're you're not because i don't know most people i mean well i know I'm not a big fan of just like, hey, look at that. Doesn't that look great? Well, it's like, sure it does. Like, great <laughs> photography always looks good, but what what is it? What's happening in the frame? Um, yep. So the the gist of the story is Nicolas Cage is a lumberjack, and uh, in, 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 in oh, it's, it's of course it's 1983, but that doesn't matter at all. Mm. This could be at any point in time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in love with his girl. And they live out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and one day she's like out walking down a path as a cult riding around in a van drives by. And the cult mm-hmm. leader sees her and he must mm-hmm. have her. So he he gets his <laughs> uh, his alchemist because he has an alchemist to like sure. to like use a magical horn to summon up four demon bikers. Uh, but they're okay. just there's bikers. They're very uh, Hellraiser ish Cenobites kind of thing but they're just guys mm-hmm. apparently in the the lore uh that's like offhandedly mentioned in the movie is like they just got given too much crazy lsd and now they see beyond space and time and they're just like monsters riding around on motorcycles doing evil doings mm-hmm. uh they come and kidnap lady beat mm-hmm. beat they uh beat up and capture nicholas cage and they they you know tie him up while they're like trying to like brainwash his girl in the house and uh, she refuses, and because uh, she still loves Nicolas Cage, as we all do, <laughs> and so they like stab him with a sword, and then like make him watch as they burn her alive in a sack, and uh, then they leave him for dead, and then he comes back for revenge to wipe them all out. Uh, Bill Duke shows up and plays, mm-hmm. you know, the black guy in these sorts of movies. Mm-hmm. Very yeah thankless role says tough things he seems to know more about this world than anything else um and yeah then you just get to see nicholas cage commit revenge um in very like kind of blandly shot edited action scenes that Mm -hmm. are like very like undramatic or like they don't pull you in whatsoever Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know what anyone gets out of this one uh it's pretty thankless uh, it's like a lot of these movies that exist now that are like obsessed with this kind of 
era and this aesthetic and they think this is like enough to do it um the reason why yep. people got turned on to this movie is because uh, that Panos Cosmatos did a interview on that Shockwaves podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I probably enjoy listening to him talk about the movies more than I watch than watching any of his movies. Cause, he sounds weird, though. Yeah he he has a way he has a way of talking in, in, mm-hmm. in a physical sense. It's kind of talks like this kind of. Yeah, yeah, a little bit like that. Bar has things to say, I guess. <laughs> Continue about listening to Panos Cosmodios. Anyway, I, I, that's all I was saying. I, I prefer okay. listening to him talk about his movies rather than watching his movies because uh, I feel this movie has all the same problems as Beyond the Black Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just mm-hmm. these movies that should be for me and are not, and that makes them even more frustrating. And uh, I, uh, this is strike two. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, they remind me of like the worst of Nicholas Re- Winding Refn. Uh, like that only mm-hmm. God forgives very mm-hmm. like neon pastel kind of color swirling very methodical in his pacing uh, yeah. drawn out dialogue that's just meaningless and then some people think this is so good this is what I want this is cinema mm-hmm. and I just like no I, I don't want this yeah I was on board with Nicholas Whining for a long time, but I've uh, stayed away from all the shit. I haven't seen Only God Forgives, uh, and I've Neon never seen Demon. Neon Demon. I, yeah, I stopped after Drive, and I, I've never – that's the only movie of his I've seen. Wow, so you're on board for that one movie. <laughs> yeah, I was on board for that one. I like um... that. But um, I'm with you on this, man, because uh, I think I talked about Beyond the Black Rainbow on um, Ghoul School. Yeah. Uh, because it was all I fucking heard about from all these people all the time how it's this like visionary masterpiece and it's like this deep uh like experience like akin to like 2001 and stuff like that is what people always say and then you watch it and you're like no this movie's fucking brutal like it's boring it has nothing to say it's got some cool visuals in it but other than that it's like who gives a shit and looking at this Mandy thing, I think I could be on board for the Nick Cage stuff, but uh, I don't know if you didn't like this. This I... suggests to me because I am seeing so I'm seeing a mix here. Like on my letterbox, there's a lot of people. Okay, it's like fifty fifty, fifty percent four and a half five stars, and then I have fifty percent you and two other people I follow that <laughs> gave it two stars. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, this person who the other person who gave it two stars, I think, has a uh, similar take on it as you. Is I'm that, just reading is, is this. Is that uh, tuna chips? Yeah. yeah. Who would be a friend uh, of the show? Uh, I know uh, they watched uh, The Vanishing on upon your uh, recommendation, and yeah. uh, they they hate that movie. They, they, they're mad. They hated they, it alike. They, they were very mad uh, yeah. about that one. So yeah. Um, well, see, this is what they had to say about Mandy. Uh, over-stylization uh, problems, um, attention to craft and aesthetic, but simplistic end product. Big difference between wearing your influences on your sleeve and projectile vomiting them onto the audience. Indulgent dreck. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. That's what the old tuna chips has to say about Mandy. I'm going to check this thing out because I do like Nick Cage a lot, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know which way I'll go on this bad boy. Mm, yeah, I don't know, man. This is uh, I don't know either. I don't know. It's not good. I didn't like it. 
Hey, you sh- you know what you should watch? Ghost Rider 2. Oh, God. That movie's legit wicked good. I'm I, not kidding. I did, didn't I watch it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I did. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, and you I, didn't agree with me then no, either. it I sucks. Think. Yeah. I'm like, I uh, Ghost Rider 2 is wicked good. Um, and uh, Vengeance. Oh, actually, you know what? I think that movie he's in Mom and Dad, that's on Netflix now. Oh, yeah? Should check that bad boy out. I'm sure that'll be terrible too, but also be yeah. told how great it is. Uh, yeah, that was actually the other thing too. I think I saw like Fangoria on uh, the uh, on Facebook said like, "Oh, this movie's got gore you haven't seen in years, like that good a quality." And I was like, "Whoa, what movie are we talking about?" Because the whole time I was watching this, I was oh, like, the, "The gore in this movie's bullshit." Is it on par with uh, Craig Zoller as Craig Zoller's uh, gore? No. <laughs> I think he is the real gore man, if you ask me. Yeah, he's the new king of gore. The new king of gore. Just check out that uh, Littlest Reich, if you don't believe me. Yeah, oh, I, I just was actually reading a uh, the plot synopsis for his new movie, and I started seeing some of the early word on it. it seems to be kind of on mm-hmm. the downside. Uh, for who? That's oh, Craig Zoller? For, yeah, for, for uh, Drake Across Concrete. Why was it too real for people? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I just, but who knows if these people have even actually seen the movie? I bet it was uh, too real for people. There's some, there's some disappointment though. Maybe it's because uh, all-encompassing Mel is in it now, and it's like referred to as mm. young his younger partner Vince Vaughn. I'm like younger partner. Vince Vaughn's like eighty. <laughs> yeah, to Mel's ninety. Hey, you know what movie you should watch? Uh, Nicholas Cage's G Force. You ever heard of that? No. It's this movie about uh, an elite team of secret agent Hamster. guinea pigs. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Okay. And uh, yeah, you should watch G Force, dude. That's a pretty wicked oh, movie. Oh man, there's like so many Nick Cage movies I would watch before that. Um, you should watch one for uh, Creeped Over. What about Season of the Witch? Oh my god, man, he's the, he's kind. What's up with that guy? I like Nick Cage, man. I agree with the sentiment that uh, he is a. I I actually do think he is a pretty a, a phenomenal actor. He just takes roles that he shouldn't. I guess. Would you call him the Californian Klaus Kinski though? Uh, I don't know enough about Klaus Kinski to say anything like that. Um, I've seen like three Klaus Kinski movies. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know, but I have seen Bangkok Dangerous with Nicolas Cage. So <laughs> as if I. Uh, yeah, you should watch uh, G-Force. Yeah, I'm okay. Or, um, I don't know. You should watch one for Creeptober, though, for sure. Something like Season of the Witch. or uh, Is your... Vampire's Kiss a horror movie? Well, it's got a vampire in it. It's got supernatural elements. I, so, I didn't know yeah. if that it's a horror... if it was sure it's a real a, vampire. It's like a horror comedy. Mm. Maybe I will watch it. Maybe I will watch it, RJ. And I'll be like, hey, RJ, you made me watch this. This is an RJ pick. Fine, I'm cool with that. Hey, yeah. have you seen Knowing? Nope, I have not. Um, I like that movie. You know who also uh, liked that movie a lot? Roger Ebert. He gave really? That movie, he gave that movie four stars. He's like, what? he is the only critic who like loved that movie because everyone else did not. And it's uh, Alex Proyas who directed it, I, I director see of uh, I Robot and uh, Dark City. That gluttonous bastard. Garage Days. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm putting it out there. I think that's a, a good movie. I haven't watched it since it uh, came out 2009. I haven't watched it in uh, almost 10 years, 
But uh, when I did yeah. watch it, I was like, yeah, I like this thing. Yeah, you know what? I, think it's I, good. I, I, I saw photos of you recently from 2009. And I'm not surprised. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean you saw photos? Of, when were you looking at photos of me from 2009? I've seen photos. And I can say, yep, RJ is a different man. I'm going to go look at these 2009 photos. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Jared. Yeah. But anyways, you should probably watch a G4. <laughs> or Again, just, it all makes sense. Know. It all makes sense. What, what do you mean makes sense? Hey, RJ, you got any news for us this week? My news you got any is gripes? that... gripes? My news is that in 2009, I looked like a real person. I don't know what Jared's talking about. What pictures were you looking at me from 2009? <laughs> There's no news to talk... Uh, is there? Probably not. There's probably no news. I, I got some uh, December announcements. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's well, hit, hit it. Middle of the month here. We got... Uh, Criterion's December announcements. Uh, some might say they leave a lot to be desired. Um, some mm. people, I saw some people, uh, as they do whenever any uh, DVD company, uh, Blu-ray company, announces new releases, there's a lot of people going, why aren't you releasing my favorite movie instead every single yeah. month? This is a pretty underwhelming month. Um, so That's we'll, always I'll, fun. I'll let you decide, RJ. We mm-hmm. got ourselves Sawdust and Tinsel from director Ingmar Bergman. Is that uh, a Western? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's on Blu-ray though, and I, I guess cool. it's, it's probably also in that gigantic Bergman collection that came out the month prior to that in November, which is still two months away from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a film called Panic, Panic, uh, directed by Julian Duvivier. Sure, <laughs> that sounds great. Okay, we got uh Forty Guns. Uh, that, that's a western. I've seen that one. That's uh directed by Samuel Fuller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have A Dry White Season, directed by uh, Uzan Palsi, which I believe, RJ, is the first film to be entered into the Criterion Collection from that great country of South Africa, or as you called it earlier, Southern Africa. Uh, I don't see a problem with uh, Southern Africa. <laughs> um, hmm. They all sound like Westerns. Uh, yeah. A dry white season. Do you think that's about apartheid? I think a dry white season could be, you know, it was real dry and then you go into winter and then it's a real bad season. In South Africa. So I just sent Jared a picture of me from about 10 years ago. I'm just wondering if this is the picture that you're referring to. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It hasn't hasn't, uh, been sent through the internet pipes. It's there. You'll see it soon enough. Is this on uh, Messenger? Uh yeah. Well, all I'm getting yeah. is I mean a swirling. Where do you think it's on? A swirly. One, figure it out. Swirling. Oh, sent a link. Just click. It'll it'll oh, direct you where man. you need to go. What is this? It'll direct you where you need to go. Oh now now oh man I don't want to see you without a shirt on. You maybe you do. I, is that the picture you had saw previously? No. 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 Well. I'm uh, well, stumped. You, well, you can post that on Facebook if, or on the Instagram if you like. I won't. Okay. But, uh, yep. Are you going to watch um, G-Force? G-Force or what? No. Okay, well, you got to watch one, okay? I don't care what it is, but watch one of them. Do you have any news, RJ? Any any big events happening? You watched that, so. that, that Captain Marvel trailer? 
Uh, I watched it without sound when I was on the toilet this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it looked pretty generic. Yeah. If you ask me. I thought it looked like uh, all the other stuff. So uh, if this is the big, uh, the big, I thought this was supposed to be like the big one to like revitalize this Marvel stuff, but I guess not, eh? A. All they have is that blockbuster thing. Hey, you know what? While we're on A, yesterday in one of these groups, uh, I was told that I have the thickest Canadian accent that another person has ever heard. To which I said, well, where are you from? And they said, from Alberta. And they said, and you still have the thickest Canadian accent I've ever heard. Hmm. Do you think this is true? We get it on the YouTube quite a bit. Yeah, that is true. We do get people, where are you from? Where, um, where are you guys from? Yeah, I imagine that like my uh, Canadian accent probably comes out a lot more when I'm talking to you. Um, mm-hmm. as you, why, why me? Uh, no, it's definitely you who, who drags my, my accent out. But uh, I would say you, you do not have the thickest Canadian accent I've ever heard. That would be mm. like Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane, uh, if people want to just look him up as an interview, the comics <laughs> artist. Uh, he has like what I call like he is like the super kind of slow Albertan way of speaking. Like it's like it's the, yeah. the classic hoser accent like or something out of FUBAR. Hasn't he lived in like L.A. for like, like 30 years? Arizona. Yeah, he sure yeah. has. And hmm. It hasn't faltered. Well, that's my news. Uh, I have the thickest Canadian accent uh, one lady has ever heard. Well, we're all about the scoops here on the Criterion Creeps podcast. I got the scoops for you. <laughs> Christ. That, yeah. Again, once again. It's a looking, good way to end it. Look, looking at photos from that era, boy, not, it all makes sense. Are you still looking at photos? No. Where did you see these photos? <laughs> uh after the break, uh, um, we're going to rub ointments on one another and go flying to meet the devil. It's not Tuesday. Oh, wait. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft Wicked witchcraft and although I know it's strictly taboo When you arouse the need in me My heart says yes indeed in me Proceed with what you're leading me to It's such an ancient pitch But one I wouldn't switch Cause there's no nicer witch than you
birds cry And although I know It's strictly taboo When you arouse the need in me My heart says yes indeed in me Proceed with what you're leading me to It's such an ancient pitch But one that I'd never switch Cause there's no nicer witch than you And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Haxon from 1922, directed by Benjamin Christensen. The synopsis here from Letterboxd, Grave robbing, torture, possessed nuns, and a satanic Sabbath. Benjamin Christensen's legendary film uses a series of dramatic vignettes to explore the scientific hypothesis that the witches of the Middle Ages suffered the same hysteria as turn-of-the-century psychiatric patients. But the film itself is far from serious. Instead, it's a witch's brew of the scary, gross, and darkly humorous. (laughs) Nice. That's a fun way to put it. Yeah. So, uh, it's funny watching this back-to-back with The Vanishing because I'm pretty darn sure the first time I ever watched uh, Haxon was also uh, via, it was either like IFC or the documentary channel back in like the early 2000s when Mm -hmm. my uh, buddy Corey was living at home with his parents and they had that real ritzy, fancy cable package that had had like 400 channels. And so uh, uh, Corey recorded these, and uh, we made our way watching these things. And that was how I watched that Haxon because, you know, I didn't have 40, 50 bucks to buy this on DVD at the time because I was a student without What about any YouTube? Money. Wow, that was before It didn't you- exist? It was before YouTube. That was uh, mm-hmm. like about three, four years before. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that was not on the table. But uh, now you can just watch it on YouTube uh, in various – uh, qualities of picture and editing. So, RJ, this movie is my shit. This movie. What do you, what do you mean? I I I love this movie. Um, mm. It's one of those movies that ever since I've watched it for the very first time and subsequent times, it's probably been about mm, almost ten years though since I've seen it last. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I like love so much about this movie. Uh, I will be the first to admit it's not perfect. I I don't think it's probably for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. It's an hour and 45 minutes. It's a little, little long in the tooth. Um, I think part Mm -hmm. of it, it becomes like really uh, obvious why it kind of feels pacing wise weird because when you watch uh, the 1968 witchcraft through the ages edit, Mm -hmm. uh, you get like, instead of like uh, intertital cards, with the information, you get voiceover narration, which like takes yeah. like 15 minutes of footage and reduces it down to like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that part of it. Um, I've seen some people criticize the opening of this film, or like as, as like a kind of feels like a PowerPoint presentation. Um, uh, which I, I, I disagree, but yeah. I'll, I'll get to my my points. Yeah. When so, I d- get there. Yeah. So I've seen some people say that and I kind of go, well, I don't know. I mean, it was 1922, this idea mm-hmm. of like, how how do you present a documentary before there was like a template? So this is like before, like now where like every 
documentary now feels exactly the same. Like it's all like the same type of music. You've got your drone shots of landscapes. You have the 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 nasally uh, voiceover narration, or you get like a big name actor. You get Morgan Freeman to narrate mm-hmm. your footage. Um, or Glenn you know, Close, t- t- Talking Heads. Uh, so this is this is this is 1922. This is almost 100 years ago. In fact, this started mm-hmm. probably being filmed in 1919. I do believe. So yeah, it's it's <gasps> it's it's a hundred. It's hundred years old. Um, wow. So watching that in that context, you're like, yeah, okay, they're figuring stuff out. And even in that regard, they they did a pretty great job uh, mm-hmm. because sometimes uh, a slight against sort of these a documentary, or I guess in this case, it's kind of like a docudrama. Um, mm-hmm is like they're not like the most well photographed. This I think is like amazingly photographed. In fact, it's like kind of amazing how sharp and clear the picture looks. Um, I was watching my old DVD of this, which is the Criterion. Um, mm-hmm. You can definitely see like the scan lines and stuff like that when you're watching it and like it's 16 by nine um, upscaled on the PS4. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it still looks incredible. I would love to see a Blu-ray of this, uh, which will even pick up more uh, amazing detail, uh, especially when it comes to uh, the costumes and the uh, makeup and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, so the, why watch this back in like 2002 <laughs> for the very first time was uh, it sounded neat. Um, this idea of like watching anything kind of like horror related in the Criterion collection. Um, I've always had like uh, a pretty strong interest in uh, evil as a concept of like, <laughs> of like, of like the, 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 the Christian idea of evil, I guess. Okay. Uh, oh, it, I got to interrupt you. Oh, yeah, All yeah, I yeah. can picture is uh, the Camp Krusty episode <laughs> when it's like the toast. To and evil. Like, Gentlemen, to evil. Yeah. It's like, I've always loved evil i've been interested in it i love the the concept i love the thought of it i like the thought process of it and like the visual in particular the visual depiction of it um so like when i watched this for the very first time uh the first 10 minutes are just like hey do you like seeing awesome drawings of demons and monsters and torture and shit and Mm -hmm. i'm just like yes i do and i still do um i love this imagery uh it's probably why i did really well in art history and this is like totally my jam as far as like visual depictions of whatnot uh in fact i can be like oh hey i know who made that painting as a matter of fact that kind of thing uh mm-hmm. and i've got like way better Third. color photo i have like a color reproductions of these paintings and drawings in my house in like or my computer and stuff like that so i'm like i've Mm. i've really looked at this stuff and so going back to it now is like really fascinating because i'm like oh that's probably where this came from um but yeah i don't know so the film itself it's broken down into four parts five parts uh Uh, seven is it seven okay Um, yeah that's well that's what they say yeah a couple oh oh, you're like to be continued yeah okay i guess yeah i'm not yeah, I guess if you use that, yeah, it would be that. But uh, I'm thinking in terms of, like, the movement. So, like, it opens up with, hey, this is what we're going to show you. But you don't realize at the time that you're going to actually get, like, kind of reenactments of these drawings as, like, the mm-hmm. base of it, which I think is really fun. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you get the introduction, like, the kind of, like, semi-scholarly introduction to this, even though it's, like, very not scholarly. It's very basic. It's it's aimed at a like average audience watching this stuff for the very first time. And mm-hmm. then um and then yeah, you get the first kind of uh vignette of uh 
the whole process of like this is the day-to-day life of a witch and uh like she's got guys that like go and collect robbers body parts and bring them back in bushels of uh twigs and then they're boiled Mm -hmm. down to create potions that are then used to enchant friars and make them do bad things and then of course when this comes back around it's like well this bitch is up to no good and uh you're they're they're and it's all havoc it's very Mm -hmm. fun and playful but also at the same time horrifying um because uh there's no such thing as witches. And uh, so everything you're kind of watching. There? Yeah. We've had this conversation many a times um, about like, yeah, it's always interesting when you watch like a film like The Witch uh, where it, like, yeah. it's like, oh, witches literally exist. And then like, so this mm-hmm. idea that like what happens if an innocent woman's accused of being a witch? Um it's kind of like, well, if there's actually witches, it's kind of justified because there's they're they're real, and you don't know where they're going to creep up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a world where there isn't, there there's never been witches. It's not real. Um, there's just mm-hmm. people maybe with different religious beliefs that think what they're doing is going to have a thing, but it it's a placebo effect or it doesn't do yeah. anything. It's all in your head. That's uh, really terrifying, uh, and that's something that has always appealed to me about. Uh, this era, and we've actually seen this like kind of period depicted uh, a few couple times now in the Criterion Creep. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently, with um, uh, Day of Wrath, uh, we got to see uh, yep. this this play out. Uh, there's something else recently I'm thinking of. Uh, Day of Wrath. Day of Wrath is it? Okay. Uh, that's well. That I, I was just kidding, but yeah. uh, I did note Day of Wrath as well because there is that kind of like that point where it's people like giving up witches as revenge basically right it seemed like so uh i i made that note as well but i don't know there could have been something that was witches. Yeah. i'll check it out you keep rambling okay. for a while and okay. I'll, I'll look into it. i'm very good at that um yeah. yeah so like this is also a thing where uh this type of film i think had probably uh an influence on your uh terry gilliam type mm. of films like jabberwocky which is a uh, down down the road but like his like or like um not life of brian but like monty python and the holy grail just like that love of like kind of shitty 1600 1500 uh england uh in europe where it's just like anything's possible and people like you know we didn't really have quite the age of reason coming along to uh pull us out of the muck um but yeah this i don't know it speaks to me in a lot of ways uh, I, I can't help but think about uh, Guy Madden while watching this too, because of his use of um, docudrama stylings while doing mm-hmm. like something like his like a uh, kind of semi autobiography, like My Winnipeg, um, and like a mm-hmm. lot all of his films feel like silent films. So I am sure that this film uh, probably spoke a lot to him as well, amongst all the other tropes and stuff like that. There's always something that's really nice about silent film, um, especially in this era where there's a lot more experimentation happening, um, where, like, you know, how do we depict this thing? And there's no, like, right way or wrong way. So you get, like, these, like, neat little models and this, like, totally didactic kind of, like, pointing stick showing this is how the Egyptians thought the world was made. And you have this little mm-hmm. stick that kind of points it all out. And it's, like, that's, like, uh, something Wes Anderson would do, like, uh, 80 years later. That um, is something that he would do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what we were both thinking of because I had the same thought. Uh I have no idea. The okay. closest I can think of is maybe The Rock. Okay. 
That's it, man. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you get these amazing... Uh, I, I've seen some people, uh, I think, reference this movie and, and these sorts of movies that come from... Or these visuals that come from silent films as, like, uh, images that would kind of accompany the backdrop of a like rock band playing music and it's just like isn't this fucked up nightmare image with demons doing crazy things uh and then like nice. films like faust uh Murnau's faust and stuff like that where you get all these like, absolutely jaw-dropping incredible visuals um that look so much better than anything that anyone makes nowadays Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly nowadays, what they do is they obscure the images. They like completely hide the thing in complete darkness because that's atmospheric and leaves more to the imagination. Um, whereas mm-hmm. in this, they just have a full on Sabbath with like fucking demons all walking around and the, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just like, it's so me. It's so cool. Ghosts and ghouls everywhere, man. Everywhere. Like fucking naked chicks and demons and dongs and butts and they uh, got the tongue devils they got the butter churn devils yeah fucking ghosts yeah witches yeah a lot of uh, basically whenever uh good old satan shows up in this it's actually played by director benjamin christensen who's got totally his uh his tongue wag down it's like every time he appears is so good Mm -hmm. you just can't hear that part because it's silent i think that was a major inspiration for the band kiss was it not uh is that is that your hot take or is that science uh, that's uh a gross generalization about kiss that i just made but uh could work could work it, it fits yeah prove me wrong man mm-hmm. uh yeah no there's a lot of tongue demons uh i i personally loved the butter churn demon devil that's, that's also benjamin christensen yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's like the same guy but i thought he was the coolest because he he shows up like three maybe four times uh my favorite is on uh the one where it's the really cool possession scene where the lady's like it's not like her soul leaving but like she's like oh. not being taken but you see all these like people riding brooms and spirits kind of the images overlaid over like uh the townhouses and then it cuts to the hill and there's like uh, the pointy tail devil at the end and then some guys fanning his butt and then there's another guy in between and then after them, then the butter churn devil is there too. And I'm like, I love this guy. He pops up in all the right places. Why would he be churning butter up there? I don't know. Maybe it's a, a metaphor for something else. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, what were you talking about? I don't know. Uh, I, I was just talking about, as well, always. Uh, yeah, as always. Um, no, I was just talking about how I, I love how it just shows the demons and they look rad. I, I they are rad. They're so good. Um, and like, yeah. So with, and as far as the vignettes go, you get the introduction to them. Uh, and you get, I get these little short stories of like people being ill and it's like, Oh, bring out the medic who will pull out a boiling thing of lead. And then he will pull it across the top of your body. And then we'll, throw it into the water and as it cools we'll then retrieve it and it'll tell us if you have been inflicted with witchcraft and he's like oh, very clearly you can see from the formations here it's he's been bewitched and everyone's like oh yeah yeah and he's like i see right there yeah see that and it's just like jesus like i, I don't know if we've really come that far in some ways um some uh, some some days i don't know yeah it's like uh you know i thought i had mono one time for a year but it turned out i was just really lazy yeah you know that old one mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh where'd they get all that lead? I don't know. I, I I could use some lead right about now. Yeah. 
That's yeah. what I'm saying, man. And they, and they probably just threw it out. <laughs> well, you can't use it. It's cursed. Yeah, it's it's witched. It's bewitched. It's bewitched. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the film kind of wraps up with uh, sort of the, I don't know how uh, great the science is, but I mean it's 1922 <laughs> conclusions uh, with as far as like the the whole concept of hysteria. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean it's trying yeah. though. It's like this is a very much like a kind of a, a liberal humanist approach of like trying to like contextualize what was going on mm-hmm. with the information available to it, while also making kind of this like broad, crazy like film with yeah, again corpses and demons and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and being like, see, we have we have an agenda here. We're, we're trying to show that maybe the, like making these like things is like isn't this scene of this woman walking through it not unlike that nun being possessed by the demon from earlier in the film these mm-hmm. sort of things yeah no i like that too it's uh like it's dated now but it's kind of like what you said at the time yeah. hysteria was how they classified these things like yeah. things that maybe now people would think of like uh i don't know say like alzheimer's or dementia where people like act kind of weird not like they normally act and they're like oh they're hysterical so uh, I like that as well. They were using the information that they had. Uh, one line I thought was really funny uh, was near the end where they were describing like new things. And uh, quote, he says, nowadays we detain the unhappy in a mental institution. <laughs> uh, and it's said as like a good thing where it's yeah. just like, yeah, look, it's like we take care of these people who are unhappy. It wasn't even like someone they said was hysterical. It's just like this guy doesn't like who he is. So we're going to detain him. It's like, yeah. you know, they were ahead of the curve, man. Yeah. And now, and now we're behind that curve. Some yeah, we're say. going backwards. Yeah, <laughs> going backwards. So yeah, uh, yeah, I love this thing. I think it's uh, just has so much in it to take from. Uh, every time I watch it, it inspires me. Um, mm-hmm. But it's again like the subject matter I hold close to my heart. Uh, and so, yeah, so it checks a lot of my boxes. But RJ, I'm mm-hmm. curious. Because uh, I don't, I guess you haven't seen this Haxon before outside of probably GIF form online. So I'm curious what you think uh, as a, a grown adult uh, here in 2018 mm-hmm. on your first viewing, what you thought of this here movie. Yeah, I have seen a lot of GIFs of uh, this Haxon, Hoxon, whatever that is. Haxon? Uh, yeah, first time watch, first time long time. Uh, I've heard about it for a very long time. I've seen a lot of clips. Uh, having seen it now, I realize that I've seen a lot of movies that try to duplicate the either the visuals or the uh, the audios of this thing. Um, I think the score gets copied a lot. Uh, it was very clearly an inspiration for a lot of like horror movies, like some of the the soundtrack that they're using. Well, so, so that's the thing, because it's like, I'm not sure, like, I didn't read the liner notes to get a clarification on the score, like, how much mm-hmm. of it was, like, selected. Original. Yeah, like, because, like, there's, like, I mean, a lot of it's just, like, classical musical pieces, right? Well, like, so, Tonhauser and stuff like that. I'll, and I'll some give other, you my, yeah. I'll give you my thinking here. So, this is just my own personal history, but uh, in one of the last segments, they play Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven, and... I know that song by ear because that's in one of my favorite movies ever, Interview with a Vampire, I think. I'm pretty sure after Tom Cruise gets back from the swamp with the gators, he's playing that on the piano. And I could be way wrong and my whole childhood could be a lie, but uh, I'm going to stick with it for now. So I'm pretty sure that song was played there. And uh, I always thought that was really cool. I loved it. 
And then since then, I had associated uh, Moonlight Sonata with horror films. And then watching this, they played it there. And I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. I was like, because I, I also thought, I was like, I wonder, I was like, I, I don't know if this is the original score here or not. But uh, I thought the score was great. And I was like, I think a lot of these like tones and melodies get uh, used a lot in horror movies. So it's a good point. Like, I don't know if it's original or if it was used after. No, the fact. It's, it's all. Um... It's all just classical music that they assembled. Because, yeah. um, like, actually, uh, especially when you watch the Universal uh, stuff, a lot of these, like, musical bits are f- also used there. So, I mean, it's all just stock music that they assembled into it that are uh, period. Like, they're, they, they fit the type of thing that, I mean, a lot of this music, uh, it evokes a vibe. And so I think, I like, it's, so it's like, yeah, it's well-curated music that goes along with this uh, film really well. Mm-hmm. So much that, like, I, I made some video projects that totally lifted some oh, of those nerd. music songs. I know. I, you total nerd. I, I dig this thing. So, anyways, to get away from you being a nerd. Uh, yeah, I've never seen this, but I've seen things that copy it or try to replicate it a lot. Uh, heard about it a long time. Uh, I watched this on Canopy. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure what the quality was. Uh looked pretty good to me. So, I don't know, like... Was that like 720 or something like that? Maybe 10. I don't know. Maybe 480. Look, I don't know. Look, look good to me. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I knew I would because uh, this is something that I, I really um, really enjoy looking at too where it's just kind of like historical things that are uh, like essentially a documentary but also about this kind of uh, this brand or this area of thing that I'm really interested in. So unlike you, uh, I am a good Catholic kid, so I know all about this hell world and uh, this hell imagery and things like that. Yeah. So uh, this was just a nice like stroll down memory lane for me because uh, growing up in those schools, man, they got that stuff. You go to the church every uh, one like first Friday of every month and you go in those churches, they got all the crucifixes everywhere and you watch the movies like Passion of the Christ when you're like eight uh, and you're just like, oh shit, this stuff's pretty serious. But uh, so I was uh, well accustomed to these things. But I do I do actually think they're really neat to see, even just from like a historical standpoint, like context, like just seeing, uh, like you said, the intro with all the paintings and stuff like that. I thought that was awesome because it's this cool uh, look at history and art and all these other things. And they're just really fun to look at, too. Like they're cool paintings with these like wild, vivid depictions of uh this hell world um so that's cool uh what was i talking about okay yeah so i really like this uh and just for strictly film craft uh type stuff i think this movie is super cool for a lot of reasons it was definitely like very clearly uh innovative and inventive i don't know if it was the first to do these things but these are things that i noticed that i thought were really cool to see in an almost 100 year old movie uh stop motion uh reverse play uh where they like reverse they film it normally and then they reverse it happening like the coins falling uh image overlay i thought was pretty cool uh and then the demon animation i thought was also like really cool where it's it's kind of like stop motion but it's like that demon that like plows through the door I was like, ooh, that's really cool. Uh, I also love uh, the costumes in this thing. Uh, like there's pig suits. And as you said, the director, who is the devil, he's really cool. I love the long fingers 
that is something that I don't know why. <laughs> it's like it's like my favorite Batman uh, is always like the super long eared Batman, uh, like from the Cult or Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones, yeah, yeah, super long ears. I don't know what it is. It's just I I love looking at stuff like that. So the long fingers, I thought were just so cool when they like creep down people. Yeah. So anyways, it's got the it had some really cool techniques that I thought were. Uh, fun to see for a hundred-year-old movie. Uh, I mentioned the score. Uh, whether it's original or not, I think um, I really like the music choices that they put in here. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, like just the mythology stuff. Uh, I really, I really dig because it's like what you what you were saying and what I said. Where it's it's an area that I'm actively interested in. You and me both watch a lot of horror movies, and it, there's a lot of crossover in this stuff. So seeing actual uh, historical mythology I thought was really cool uh, and I have like a ton of notes on stuff like that uh, just things that I thought were really fun like in the opening there's a, uh, a painting where it's like you see here the witch uh, she bewitched a man's shoe <laughs> and it's like a painting of a guy with his shoe off and he's like real surprised he's like oh no and I, I don't know why but I was like man that's really funny that's a really cool thing I don't know why, like, it's goofy. That lady probably died in real life, whoever they thought. Like, a guy who probably stepped on a rock or something, and he was like, you be- you bewitched me, you mm-hmm. evil spirit. You wouldn't uh, sl- And you wouldn't sleep with me. Now I have a grudge against you, bitch. And now you, you're going now to I burn. Yeah. So I better which, sleep with me next time. Which is a crazy thing, too. Like, you already brought it up, but, like, Day of Wrath. Uh, it's something that I find the more we watch in these things, it's like, man, that's fucking wild where it's like just giving away witches as revenge for something. Mm -hmm. And like some people it's like, okay, well maybe you did deserve it. Where like in this one, it's an old lady, the homeless lady who's like, you know, I I want some food. And they're like, Oh, you're a witch. So the movie I'm thinking, you know what? It's passion of Joan of Arc is what I'm thinking of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just right. So it's just drier. Cause she's accused of being a witch essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially the, the, the greatest criterion there is so far. So far, that, that so one. Far. Yeah, I agree with you, Big JFD. So, um, yeah, what was he talking about here? Uh, I'm going to ramble off stuff that I uh, I really liked for a while, and then I'll give it back to you. Uh, one thing I thought was funny when they quote um, some of the witches, and they're like, look at this, quote, old, poor, and miserable woman. Uh, and I thought that was a really good description of every woman, I think, who was probably classified as a witch and just subsequently killed it's like look at these old poor miserable people oh yeah and it's like yeah it's too these too bad for them old crones who this have like woman. probably who've outlived their husbands because they died a long time ago mm-hmm. uh they lived like and of course it's like imagining like how old they actually would have been in this era it's like oh they were like in their 40s and they just like look haggard uh because oh, yeah. life was hard <laughs> Yeah, it was hard, especially when you're a single old lady. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Gather all that uh, food, got to cook it yourself. There's all sorts of stuff you got to do for yourself, and it's tough. It's tough Re- out being yeah. out there being a single mom. Rear those kids. Yeah, yeah. So they don't get enough credit. Because now there's movies like I don't know how she does it that like applaud it, but back, like a couple hundred years ago, you got the you got thrown in a river, and if you floated, then you were burnt alive <laughs> yeah. because. Uh, clearly if you floated you were in some kind of contract with the devil Correct. which i also thought was really funny how to do that to go in contract as a witch you had to go kiss the devil's like butt 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really funny. I don't know why. I've never heard that before. Uh, other mythology things I really dug. Uh, witch powder hidden in sorceress's hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never heard that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I loved uh, the lotion back rubs that allowed them to fly. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I've never thought about before, but well, I was... don't, don't don't you remember that bit in uh, the witch where like the the witch uh, churns the baby and then rubs its uh, fat uh... on its skin and then flies away. Yeah, I uh, I didn't piece that together. Uh, there is a text I quoted here wh- while we're on it. Uh, uncircumcised boiled babies or something. Mm. They're talking like they throw the baby in the pot, which is oh, like un- whoa, unchristian. Pre- un- I think it's unchristianed. Unchristian, so like unbaptized. Uh, yeah, or unchristian. Yeah, okay. So I yeah. I was conf- like it came it went too fast, and I was like, wait a minute, did that say uncircumcised? It's like that's a very weird detail to add in here. Yeah, but uh, they do boil babies and. When you see it, it's like, well, this is a pre-code movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. And, it's just, so, and you get this, like, monster, this monster demon who's just, like, holding up this, like, fake baby and just, like, oh, into the pot. We're all going to have baby tonight with our turnips. Yeah. yeah. Why not, man? Why not? Uh, so that was cool. Uh, there's a skeleton horse in this, which I, I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, one mythology thing I thought was crazy is I've never known what uh, – the background to the um, tying the knot was because like people always say tying the knot for like marriage and in this the witch mythology tying the knot it's like a curse you put on a new marriage where they were talking and it was like uh, every knot is for a, uh, a destroyed pregnancy and I was like whoa I was like that's really dark shit like, like I had no idea that's what tying the knot was it's like uh, when I was in Argentina I went to like a big mausoleum thing and uh, they explained what saving saved by the bell meant. And I was like, well, man, it's way darker than uh, what Zach Morris was experiencing uh, in junior high. Are you saying it wasn't all right? Uh, no, no. Screech would not have a good time if he was uh, in that situation. So anyways, uh, that was cool. What else did I like? Uh, I liked a lot of it. Okay. My favorite part is there's a scene with the, uh, butter churn devil and he's churning the butter real hard and then it cuts to uh, like all the priests at the table and they're all like real unimpressed or like amazed they're, they all have like blank expressions on their face and I thought that was really funny I was like I like this so anyways uh, I like this hacks and hacks on whatever you want to say German witch or something oh actually when I was talking about Blair Witch 2 in the preamble uh, my legal copy had German subtitles burnt into the uh, video. Yeah. So uh, it said Haxen a lot on there. At least I think that's German. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> hey, this is a cool movie. It's a yeah. nice little piece of history, man. I don't know what's not to like. Like uh, You might not be interested in it, but uh, yeah, historically I mean, it's it's what's not to like. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, like if this isn't for you, this really won't probably be for you. And like I said, it is it does run long. Uh it's yeah. it's a beefy bitch of a silent film. You got that right, baby. But uh yeah, I'm I'm okay with that because there's just so much stuff that I, I want more of in my movie making. Uh and for like silent film stuff, I think this is like some t- like for the horror side of stuff, this this is top notch stuff. Yeah, or like I think it's like in the top pile, of like for twenties filmmaking. I don't know uh, if it gets much better than this. There's like a handful of films I'd be like, yeah, sure. So 
That's... There's possessions. There's ritualistic killings, yeah. uh, sacrifices. There's devils. There's um, fat dudes with love potions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, little people uh, boiling frogs and stuff, which I did feel bad for that frog. Looked like he had a bad go. Yeah. But, uh, that Not the snake, though. Snakes suck. <clears throat> so he deserved to die. And those birds. Oh, when did they kill a bird? No, there's no birds. I just know you, oh, okay. you, you have a real uh, uh, aversion to avians. Oh, actually, in Blair Witch 2, uh, an owl flies through the window and one of the people eats it. There you go. Yeah, fuck birds. Yeah. Owls are okay, but uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck birds. They suck. Anyways, yeah. uh, Haxon's pretty cool. You know what uh, wasn't as cool was the 60s re, uh, recut by William S. Burroughs. Well, by him it's, and it's, some, some guys. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I think... Uh, so now, biggest... so we're, we're talking about witchcraft through the ages from 1968. Yeah. Sort of like an art project that uh, yeah. re... re well, it doesn't even recut. It just takes the footage, uh, mm-hmm. takes it down to 72 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, hey, let's take that uh, sweet uh, score of classical music and put some freeform jazz on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how you feel about jazz, RJ, but mm-hmm. uh, jazz is jazz. And nothing dates a film from the 60s for me as much as jazz. Uh, I think yeah. I have mentioned on the pod before. Uh, I am a fan of jazz. Uh, I use it a lot when I do like academic writing because uh, it's hard or like reading papers or like writing at all. It's really hard for me to focus when um, <clears throat> when I'm listening to like normal music with lyrics and shit. So uh, I do listen to a lot of jazz. Uh, I think it stimulates the brain, man, for uh, let, let all that stuff come out. So. I think uh, if the original score wasn't so so awesome, uh, I would have maybe liked the freeform jazz. Um, and I, it's not to say I didn't like it, but uh, I like that classical music they threw on there way more. So, yeah, and that's uh, William S. Burroughs. It seems like, as you said, it seems like it would have been like uh, an entry level college project for an art class, but because Burroughs became like this big thing, it's like, hey. Yeah, look what this guy did. It's, uh, it's well, art. He, yeah, well, because there's like Brian Geeson and stuff like that's involved with this. Who's like one of those the guy uh, helped design the uh, the Dream Machine. Like, Brendan Gleeson. B- Brian, famed actor from Harry Potter Four. No. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's this this kind of fits into that like kind of uh, rise of the counterculture in the time. And so it'd be kind of just, yeah, it, it slots into that. But I mean, when you have the, the real deal to watch, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't just watch that. I guess unless you, you're short on time, you want to save yourself that half hour. Uh, and yeah. you, you still want to read those inner titles. You can have William S. Burroughs talk about asses <laughs> and, 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 and his, and his, uh, yeah, he drops, he drops an ass in there. Yeah. He, the, uh, the original says the devil's behind, yeah. but, uh, big, big bill. He's like, you know, you go kiss the devil's ass. I yeah. caught that too. I was like, whoa. Yeah, strong language. Yeah, that's that's whoa. that's Billy. He uh, spoke his mind. Oh, Billy, 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 boy, what are we gonna do with you? That's right. You know that one. Yeah. Uh, Any listeners out there know that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah. So it's nice that it's included on the DVD. Um, it, it adds some uh, encompasses the 
historical goal, I guess, of the Criterion of like having mm-hmm. every version of it. So that's nice. But yeah, that, that was the first time I'd ever watched it too because I, I like I like the original so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah the original is real good. I mean, well, you know you what though, RJ, there are, there are people <gasps> who aren't fans of Haxon. For real? Yeah, of course hmm. there there always is. You can always find... I know. I always, I just find it weird sometimes for movies like this where it's just like, it's like, why would you not like? I can see people not being interested, but there's actually active. there's actually quite a few. All right, well, lay it on me. All right, here number first up, Miss Lauren, half a star. There's no way this was made in 1922. The picture quality is way too good. It was also <laughs> very boring. So they just doubt. The legitimacy of uh, when this was made. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what Ms. Lauren's favorite movie is? Hmm. The most basic bitch movie in the world, Fight Club. Oh. So there you go, Miss Lauren. Kyle Take Garvey, that. one star. So weak, sorry. A Danish silent drama doc. Not too interesting. Not even Riley funny. The end in Danish is slut. Cool. <laughs> Uh, this person has very peculiar tastes. It's a lot of like, I don't even know what this shit is. Manuscripts don't burn dust from 2008. The cameraman 1928. Like, oh, who I is know. this guy? I, yeah, I know the cameraman. He also gave Forbidden Planet five stars, which Forbidden Planet's cool, but it's not a five star movie, bud. No, bud. Bud. Zoe, one star. Different than what I was expecting, it was a pieced-together documentary-style film that held little to no interest for me. Some of the shots were intriguing, but I was very underwhelmed. Seemed like a film made for another time, one that is long ago. It's almost like uh, this movie. It's almost like this movie was made in 1922, RJ, and was made for another time, a long time ago. It is almost like it's a hundred-year-old movie. It's weird. That's a very that's a very astute observation. What what else does uh, Zoe like? Well, wouldn't you know, Jared? A movie from a different era, from a horror movie that not everyone likes. A movie called The Night of the Hunter. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I see what we did there. This person actually likes a ton of old horror, like uh, watching a lot of Dracula stuff. But uh, that Night of the Hunter, you know, we're gonna get there. Well, we're gonna get there. And finally, Austin Wolf Southern, one and a really? half star. A pseudo-documentary on witchcraft through the ages, told through a whole fucking lot of intertitles and occasional moving pictures. It seems like a strange complaint, but this silent film had way too many words. I'm almost positive the intertitles take up more than half of the film's running time. The movie is occasionally quite good, with interesting imagery. In particular, all of the scenes of the devil are amazing, and I like the brief tour of torture instruments. But it's mostly boring, and it started to feel like hours had passed and it was never, ever going to end. Essentially, mm. I think the director failed to tell a story using the silent medium, and the film images don't offer quite enough to justify uh, his not just writing a fucking book. This guy's a real chud, Jarrett. Yeah? Real chud. They like good things, like uh, Twin Peaks, The Elephant Man, Blade. Uh, they also like a lot of things that I think, ironically, um, like Neil Breen movies. Uh, but they also gave the Avengers and Star Wars Force Awakens five stars. And here's the big one, Jer. This fucking guy 
gave five stars to what I have, I believe, as my second worst Stephen King movie of all time, <laughs> Sleepwalkers, directed by Shit Garris. Oh, so uh, this yeah, person, that's uh... this is not one of our this guy. This is not one of our guys. No. Sorry, Austin, if you're a listener. I okay. Uh, I'll also mention that review is from eight years ago. <laughs> Okay, well, when did they watch Sleepwalk? I can't. I, I don't have the uh, ability to look up that. But anyways, you gave Sleepwalkers five stars. You got a real problem. Unless, like I said, it's ironic. Like, they have Josie and the Pussycats as five stars as well. Okay. So All right. We, we all know where they're coming from now. You, you know what I mean here, Jer? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, I hear what you're saying. Um I will also mention, so uh, around the time I watched this last, um, there was this really neat documentary series uh, on one of the science channels, I think, or history. And it was, all it was was about, like, uh, torture devices. And mm. it was just about, like, the history of, like, certain things. Like, what is the history of the Iron Maiden? And what <laughs> is the history of the wheel? And it was, like, rad. Because uh, it was kind of, like, in that window of time where, like, Mythbusters was really popular. And, like, sort of these, yeah. like, science shows were in. But you had to, like, try to apply them to, like, fucked up ghoulish things to get some people <laughs> to watch. So there was, like, the... Do you remember, like, the Ultimate Warrior? And, like, they oh, would... And yes. they would do, or maybe it was like that. But, like, they would have... A, I think it was, like, Spike, the Man Channel, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they'd have, like samurais versus apache and yep. uh that sort oh. of thing like oh it, it, i know yeah and it was like lots of about hacking up like dummies and stuff mm-hmm. so the one show i'm talking about though this like about like infernal devices and it was just like talk about how people would create these things to like fucking wreck people and like <laughs> make them talk and you're just like why like why do you need to make more and more elaborate ways to make them talk? Like once you have one, it's pretty consistent. Um, why not? W- why not? Well, that's the thing is like that. That was like kind of like the thesis of the show was that like, um, like so that they, they would basically take mm-hmm. tools, like actual devices that were meant to like better humanity, but then they'd be like, well, what if we made it just a little bit bigger and uh, put someone's head in it? <laughs> It's just like it's so fucked up. It's just mm. like so like every time I watch like scenes like this in uh these movies, um uh, like of people being tortured and raked across the back and just like spikes pounded into them and like stretched out, you're just like, Why? Like what way is this like the good Christian thing to do? Like at any point uh you know, Jared, if you spend some time with me, I could show you why yeah. that is the well, good Christian Well, because way. you really have to do a lot to drive the devil out and save a soul, I guess. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that completely. Uh, I liked in uh, Haxon uh, when they say a light torture method, the thumbscrew. And then they show you how the thumbscrew works. On, on the and, uh, on the actress. And she's like, yeah, oh, I, this is fun. And then, ah! <laughs> I just like how they described it as a light torture method yeah it's like no big deal like you start out here and then you can move on to bigger things like you know <laughs> taking, <sighs> taking that mallet to your balls excuse me yeah you heard me excuse me anyway yeah Haxon. it's sweet yeah sure is yep uh any other thoughts uh uh no witches are cool man you should go watch Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. God damn it, no. You could. Mm-hmm. Well, for that discussion, you'd have to tune in to the full-length episode, folks, over on Oh, yeah, SoundCloud. we're doing that thing, hey? 
Yeah, yeah. The, this is the the review and the YouTube version. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Book of Shadows. Am I right? Yeah, people. If people only listen to the YouTube thing. They're gonna, really gonna love uh, those full episodes. Well, after the break, um, I'm gonna churn some butter, and uh, I don't know. What are you gonna do, RJ? I'm gonna churn your butter. How's that sound? Well, we're we're all going to hell, and we're all gonna be being dipped into the boiling pitch by our ankles by big old monster demons. Satan real? Uh, depends. I knew I know a dude downtown who uh, fits the bill pretty good. Is he Jeff Bazelbub? Uh, no. His name's Carl. I don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. Weirdo. You can't win them all. You can email nope. us at criterioncrease at gmail.com and uh, mm-hmm. tell us about the devils in your life. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Uh, we've got a YouTube page. We've got a Patreon page. Mm-hmm. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Next week, RJ is gone mm-hmm. for a while, for a little bit. But uh, yep. so usually we would be doing something stupid like a triple header of Alfred Hitchcock movies because mm-hmm. the next uh, three movies are all Hitchcock. But looking over it, I don't know if either one of us want to watch six and a half hours of Alfred Hitchcock in like two, three days. A day. Yeah. So uh, or in RJ's case, a single day. So uh, we're going to not be doing a triple header, but instead pace ourselves a little bit. Uh, and I think Alfred Hitchcock would appreciate that. He was a big man after all. So mm-hmm. next week, only Spine 135 in the Criterion Collection. And that is Rebecca from 1940, directed by the big man himself, Alfred Hitchcock. The big man himself. Mm-hmm. I can get down on that. Nice. It, it'll be okay. It'll, it'll give it more time to breathe. Because whenever we watch double headers, I always... Almost always, like 85% of the time, don't like the second movie just because yeah. cause I have to watch it. I, I, you know what? I was, just, I, I was just noticing this. You mentioned it too. We're like uh, 35 films deep in the second set of 100. 
of this mm-hmm. Criterion Collection run. So uh, we're a third of the way through. I, we don't need to rush. We can pace ourselves. We can slow it down, baby. Slow it down, you know? Mm, you know? Give those yeah. movies a little quality time. Don't be weird. Let them roll around on the tongue. God. I'm not coming back. <laughs> well, hopefully you do survive your... Uh, whatever 26 hours round trip uh i i don't feel like it anymore well that's not after this it's too bad should have booked a flight it's on you you goober yeah well you know what happens in colorado people you know cars break down winter comes and they Mm. uh get cannibalized donner style yeah well there's worse ways to go if you say so good night folks Hopefully we'll see you next week. Uh, I, I disagree, but okay. <laughs>